Welcome back or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and in this episode, we are talking with Ryan Montgomery, a professional trail runner for Ultra based in Wanship, Utah, ahead of the 2023 Bandera 100K. Before we get started, though, this episode is brought to you by Rabbit. Use code SINGLETRACK30 on their website for 30% off your next order. I'm really excited to announce that Rabbit will be a presenting sponsor for the Single Track podcast over the course of 2023. I'll have more details about that partnership for you in the next few weeks. And with that, let's get started. Ryan Montgomery, welcome to the Single Track podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Finn couple things that I want to talk about before we get to the main topic of the Bandera 100K this week. Uh, you've had multiple entries into Western States before. You've, you've gotten in the hard way. You punched your ticket at Javelina. I think it was in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had another entry, I think, the year before that. But just various things got in the way to, to make it so that this year could be the first time you're lining up. Can you talk about the journey to this point and how you sort of keep the faith uh, and you keep the process going and keeping the dream alive. <laughs> yeah, I have quite the Western States saga. Um, so back in 2019, I had my sponsor um, provide me with a spot. And so I had a sponsor spot like years ago. And then we know that it was canceled in 2020. So I was shooting to, you know, tow the start line in 2021. And that was the sum that was the winter where I got really into Nordic skiing and <laughs> I would Nordic ski literally over a hundred miles every week. Wow. And I probably didn't have the best form and I ended up tearing my gracilis muscle or like partially tearing it. And I was in a good spot right before Western that year, but I decided to be a good athlete and think about the long haul. And I decided to pull out of the race. Fast forward to 2022, I got the golden ticket, as you mentioned, at Havelina last year. And again, like similar situation, I like hurt myself and injured myself right before Western States. So yeah, it's been a long time coming for me to like even get to the start line. So Mm. staying optimistic and I'm still like keeping that fire to like hopefully get there. We're a couple days removed from Bandera. Do you feel like all the pieces are there health-wise and fitness-wise to put together a solid performance on race day? Yeah, I'm feeling very confident. Um, Nothing is ever 100% in ultra running. And I feel like as ultra runners, we're always, I just, in the past couple of weeks, I've been describing it to people that I'm like on the edge of the cliff, like all the time. Um, Not all the time, but, you know, in terms of the volume and stress that we put in our bodies, um, there's always some level of risk to that, but I am feeling really healthy and I'm feeling very confident. And I think that's like one of the most important things that I go into Bandera with. One other thing I want to talk about before we dive deeper into the race. Um, and this is something that I, that I, that I admire about you. And I think is interesting about you. You wear a lot of different hats in our sport. You're not just a great athlete, but you are very interested in, sort of the public policy around our sport, uh, equality in our sport, et cetera. And one of the interesting posts you made, I think it was right around Havelin. It was either before or after. You made a post inquiring into whether Western States golden ticket races are fully inclusive for non-binary athletes. Can you talk about where all of that stands at the present moment and maybe perhaps specific to Bandera, what their policy looks like? Um, yeah, well, I can speak to the latter first. Um, so Bandera 
hundred kilometer race. Um, it is their registration platform. They use Run Sign Up, um, and I did some research on Run Sign Up. And most of these platforms allow you to register um, your gender at face value. So, it, um, functionality wise, you can be, um, register as a non-binary athlete, but. Bandera in particular, like they have turned off that functionality. I don't know if that's true because I actually haven't messaged them and they haven't like verbally told me that. Okay. But based on my observation and what I know about the system, it seems like they've explicitly turned that off. So that doesn't make necessarily like make me feel good um, about my perspective on Bandera, frankly, as like an inclusive race. Um, So that's Bandera. And then more broadly about golden ticket races. I think some of the biggest topic discussion points right now about non-binary athletes, and we're just talking about non-binary. There's a whole other discussion points and topics um, tangent to that. But um, one of the most important things for this community is just to be able to feel like they can register as themselves and be seen rather than having to go through a process where I have to lie to myself by saying, oh, I'm female or male, essentially like be becoming binary again in that process. And right now, um, the platforms of ultrasignup.com, which I believe is all the Aravipa races. Yep. Um, and I think a couple other allow you to register as a non-binary athlete, but then you still have to select a like binary gender for like the golden ticket race itself or, um, results. So it's not there yet. Um, and I think for the canyons, they do not have a non-binary option. The Thailand race does not. Um, Tarawera does not. UTMB does not. So um, a lot of work to do. Are there any other policies that you would like to see put into place in addition to those processes you just outlined there with like run sign up adjusting things? Anything else that we should be? Is it, I guess what I'm driving towards is, is there a race out there or a sign up platform that has everything in order and that is truly inclusive and is sort of the gold standard that everything should be benchmarked against? Uh, that does not exist today based on my research, but um, based on the the uh, the plan for run uh, ultrasignup.com and like runsignup.com, um, they have articulated that that's their goal to create a whole like third category for non-binary athletes in terms of results. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, from a system perspective, that's a huge overhaul. And I think it's just, it's taking a while to get to that point. Um, so no, it doesn't exist today. Um, I think there, there are smaller races that are doing this really well. Um, but in terms of like the elite circuit races, like it's, it's not a thing right now. One of the things that I'm curious about is the rate of change in terms of how progressive we can become as a sport, how inclusive we can become as a sport. In your estimation, if you look at when a lot of these issues and these policies entered sort of the consciousness of our sport, how long has it been from like the point of, let's say, this is an issue that we care about and changes should be made versus like the present moment? Like, do you think that the rate of change has been good or have we been slow to make changes? What are your thoughts there? I would say as a whole, the last 12 months, the last two years has been a massive amount of change. Mm-hmm. I look at road running as a good example of this um, because trail running kind of follows suits to like road running of like what road running does, trail running follows. And road running, I think we're observing that in all the world, uh, 
world marathon majors. Um, there are non-binary categories except one right now. Um, and there's prize money for non-binary athletes. So there's a lot of movement that I'm observing in road running. Um, and I'm seeing it on a smaller scale in trail running and smaller races or like certain race directors are really honing in on this. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that's really frustrating to me is like the systemic problems that are preventing certain communities from running a golden ticket race, for example, or like to even like qualify for like a hard rock or a Western, because if like all your qualifying races don't allow you to be a non-binary binary athlete, inherently the lottery pool is not going to include people that are non-binary, specifically speaking to non-binary people. So there's a systemic problem that like, if you want non-binary people to be at Western States, we need mm-hmm. to make the qualifiers aside from golden ticket races inclusive so that they can actually even be eligible to run. One other thing that comes to mind, and it's not particularly relevant to Bandera, but I think it's an interesting discussion to be had is around the relationship between the non-binary community and a lot of brands in the sport. Yeah. From your perspective, do you think that there is that a lot of these brands are thinking about representing the non-binary the non-binary community in their marketing materials and that if you are a non-binary athlete it is relatively easy to seek out sponsorship and to represent yourself uh in a way on social media that that is true to you as well does that make sense yeah like do you do non-binary athletes feel like they can be themselves almost or do you think like doing that could prohibit a sponsorship maybe exactly and especially especially in the traditional athlete sponsor Mm -hmm. model i mean i'm an example of that (laughs) and i think my sponsors really are celebrating that and actually you know with my sponsors um i'm working with them some of them on like product development that makes it more inclusive. So like think about a watch, you know, when you sign up for your watch, you click male, female. Yeah. Um, you know, my sponsor Sunto is considering like, well, how do we create a non-binary option? And like from a product perspective, what does that even look like? And how do we change the algorithms to make? So there's a lot of like talk about that. And I think actually brands um, see that as a valuable asset in my opinion, but um, I guess it depends on the brand and who owns it. <laughs> Right on. Very cool. One last question I want to ask you before we get more deeply into Bandera. This is the final thing on on the golden ticket setup. Do you foresee a point in time where it makes sense not just to have a category for male and female allocation of golden tickets, but also a category allocating two golden tickets at each race to non-binary participants as well? That would be really awesome. I think there are some some considerations we need to like plan in order to create a process around that. Um, I can already hear the words of people and what they might say. <laughs> and so does it, so something that I'm interested in is like creating allocated spots for like certain community members, whether it's like a person, people of color, queer, non-binary and have that like be available and like Mm. based on, you know, the golden ticket races, that spot like might be allocated towards them. 
So I think that's like a low hanging fruit way to get more competitive non-binary athletes in the race. And then down the line, I think having like a third category or multiple categories of golden tickets um, would be Mm -hmm. awesome. Um, But I think there's like some concerns that I can hear people saying is like, well, the population's not big enough compared to men and women. And is that fair? And I don't really know the answers to that, but I think there's ways that we can get more people in the races, whether that's through a golden ticket or not. Well, moving on to Bandera, with this next question, I want I want to preface. We were talking offline, and you were telling me that about a half an hour ago, you were snow blowing about three feet of snow in your driveway. You're, you're based in Wanship, Utah, uh-huh. uh, on the Wasatch back. And I'm curious, what what led you to choose Bandera? Because this this can be a tough time of year to get in peak shape in Utah for a golden ticket race. Uh, well, I definitely thought about that. <laughs> I don't particularly love racing in January because I just want to ski all month. But because 2022 was like such a year of not running for me and injuries and I had surgery on my shoulder and because of an accident and because I was getting back into running late in the summer, I felt like it was a great way to celebrate my return to fitness and my return to running. Um, and I decided to, before I committed to Bandera, do some tests and I did a, you know, two 50 Ks in the last two months. And it was a good testament to me, like a good validation that like, Oh, I'm fit. And like my body is like ready to absorb that stress. So I felt confident like going into Bandera for that reason. I was talking with, our mutual friend, Jimmy Elam, when we were down in St. George a couple of weeks ago, you were there. Awesome time. And uh, Jimmy looked over at me, I think the day we got there and said, Ryan's fit. Like Ryan's ready to, 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 to get it done at, at Bandera. Can you talk about some of the highlights of the training block for you? Like what's just giving you confidence and uh, yeah, what's just making you feel good as you uh, think about the start line on Saturday? Yeah, I think a big change that I've adopted the last year has been really investing in strength training. And I've talked to a lot of my friends that are, you know, pro athletes in our sport. And there's a large variety of, um, I'm speaking specifically in men, um, who do strength training or do not do strength training. And I think for me, that has been a huge, not only confidence boost, but I've been able to like absorb more stress from it. And so... I think, you know, our like mutual friend, Jimmy, um, I hired him like a handful of months ago and Jimmy Picard. Yeah. Jimmy Picard. Yes. Shout out. Uh, And yeah, I've been doing lots of strength. I've been heavy loading. I've been doing like Olympic lifting on top of, you know, all the miles that I'm running and like walking away from those weeks where I'm like running 90 miles plus like lifting twice and I'm feeling good. Like that is like huge for me, um, in terms of like mental, like confidence and also like my body is like ready to absorb a lot of stress. So that was like, I would say the biggest thing in my most recent training block. I love that. Yeah. And I think there's a, a big perspective change happening, especially among elite runners about incorporating that and mobility stuff, plyometrics, et cetera, into, into the workload. So you're in great shape. The golden ticket is a very real possibility at the end of the day, though, it's still a roll of the dice for anybody in your position. Are you somebody that likes to go on the hunt all season long. Like, could we see you lining up at the Black Canyon 100K or the Canyons 100K later this year if for some reason it doesn't happen at Bandera? Like, are you on a mission right now or 
talk about how you're thinking about constructing the first half of your year. I, so right now what I'm racing for the next couple months is I'm running Bandera next this weekend and I'm running Terwera down in New Zealand actually. And I'm running the hundred K, which is also a golden ticket race. So my, my strategy at the beginning of this year has been to, I want to run these two races and get a golden ticket at one of them. And you asked the question, like, am I going to go chase like another golden ticket at the canyons maybe? And that's a possibility, but I know in myself that something I learned in 2019 is I need to calm down with racing. (laughs) Just like hold it back. And that's when I can really show up as my best self. So I think I might have to, it's going to have to be like a call that I make in like April or March. Mm -hmm. If I like do that, if assuming that I don't get a golden ticket in these two races, but as of right now, the plan is to get, you know, out of those two races, one, one golden ticket. So odds are high with two options there. (laughs) Exciting times. We're stoked to follow your race on Saturday. Also exciting to know that, uh, you'll be there at Tarawera as well. Yeah. Um, we'll make sure to link to all of you. I'll be, I'm doing live coverage with Aravipa. So I'll be at like their Phoenix studio, Brett and I will, but Leah will be at all the aid stations sort of acting as like a sideline reporter, feeding stuff back to the studio. So, uh, and I think Mike will be there as well, Mike McMonagall. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're stoked to follow your race. Wishing you the best. It's definitely rooting for you. Um, I'll link to all of your stuff in, in the show notes. One last thing I want to talk about is you're also an entrepreneur. You have an organization called OutTrails. Can you give the audience just a little bit of a overview of what's involved there and for any folks that are interested, how they can get involved? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, so yeah, last year I started building Queer Trail Community and the, com- the organization's called OutTrails. We hosted our first running retreat, our kind of our flagship annual events, this running retreat. Um, we had lots of scholarship money from our sponsors, and so we're able to fund 20 full-time or full tuition scholarships. And we're really like building this great community, and the plans are to have monthly group runs um, in various cities. We've already started in Salt Lake and Seattle, um, and we are fundraising and getting sponsorships for our next annual event next October. Um, and we want to 2X the number of participants, 2X the number of scholarships. And it's, and it's just been a really great way to reduce and remove the barrier of entry for the queer community to get into trail running. So mm. it's been great. And if you want to get involved, um, you can come to our group runs. It's every third Thursday um, in Salt Lake. Um, and we're kind of formalizing it in other cities. And then if you want to fund a scholarship, let me know. And we, um, yeah, you can fund a scholarship if you would like for our running retreat next October. Righteous. We will link to it all in the show notes. Ryan, thank you so much for your time. Again, uh, we'll get the popcorn ready for Saturday. Hopefully it's a great day for you and uh, hope to have you on the podcast again at some point further down the road. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited to code switch from 10 degrees to 70 degrees on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) This will be a great case study. All right. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening. Before we sign off, if you are a fan of the show, please consider supporting us with a rating and a review in your podcast player, a donation on Patreon, or the use of our sponsor discount codes in the show notes. We really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and you have been listening to the Single Track Podcast.